Thanks so much for joining us today on Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza DiTacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Thursday, March the 4th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. We've got a great podcast lined up for you today. We're going to recap uh, Match Day 25, unfortunate injuries, some controversial calls, a weird ending at the end of the milan Udinese game. The fix is in. I think so. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we'll recap that for you. We'll talk Match Day 26. And uh, we're going to talk to you about uh, Champions League coming up in the midweek. We've got four really crucial round of 16 second leg fixtures. And of course, Juventus is the team to kick it off. So let's jump right in. Let's get started. Uh, First game of the week, Lazio hosting Torino. Game was abandoned technically. Uh, Basically, Torino, COVID-19 riddled team. And they chose not to cancel this game for Lazio-Torino. So... We see a similar situation to what happened with Napoli-Juventus earlier this season. Lazio shows up to the stadium. Referee shows up. After an hour, they abandon the game. Uh, It looks like they're going to award temporarily Lazio a 3-0 default win. But Torino, of course, will appeal it. And based on what we saw with Napoli-Juventus, Torino should win the appeal. So... We would imagine that game is going to be rescheduled to a later date. And once we get more information, we'll let you know. But let's move on to the next game, the first real game of the of the match day. Juve, Spezia, three nothing for Juventus. Yeah, strange a strange three nothing that didn't do justice really to the scoreline. No, uh, Spezia unfortunate to concede three goals. Yeah, and hanging on for an hour. Yeah, they hung on for an hour. The big difference coming in when Frabotta uh, was taken off and McKenny were substituted for uh, Morata. And Bernadeschi was slotted into the left back position right away. Both of them linked up, and they and Bernadeschi set up a, a Marata for the goal. Beautiful cross from the left side of the box. Yeah. Um, Spezia played. They played a good game, like they do against all the top teams. They created some chances. Really didn't test Chesney too much, uh, but yeah. Chesney was still busy in his box, just not with shots. But he still had a lot of work to do. Big penalty save at the end. Juve not looking great again. It's the Ronaldo FC team. Yeah. Uh, Pirlo, I understand the injuries and everything, doing what he can do. But you got a question for me. Why do guys like Kulusevski start up top? He's not capable. He's not a good striker. No. I understand. He, so he kind of he doesn't play as a true striker. It's more of a false nine. If you look at the the heat map of the players, Kulusevski actually actually drops kind of into that number ten spot kind of. And Chiesa plays further up than uh, than Kulusevski. So he makes runs from deep. For the uh, long ball passes from uh, Alexandro or Bentancourt, and that allows Chiesa to get on to end of those passes, get into space, which they were exploiting. But I don't know; something's not working for these guys uh, offensively. Yeah, they didn't look. They didn't look that impressive in this game. The scoreline doesn't do justice. I mean, it was zero zero up until the sixty second minute, and they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of ground. To- to, to pick up in the Serie A, and they got a huge game in the midweek uh, if to continue their Champions League run. So they Andrea Pirlo's got one more game to figure it out, and he better figure it out because, yeah, they didn't look that impressive. But at the end of the day, even though it was an ugly win, I would call it, they got it done. Yeah, it got to win ugly. I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw Ronaldo. Flailing his arms around, so oh, yeah. he he was he didn't look too good up into the 60th minute mark. No, he was miscontrolling passes. You know, whatever you can have an off day, but this guy is so obsessed with scoring goals. Even though the t- the team is up two 0 
after they went up 2-0, I saw him running harder than ever. He was trying to exploit that space because he wanted that goal so bad because Spezia started opening up. and yeah. Or he's just possessed with his stats. He just wants to He just wants to pad those stats. You can see the second Spezia opened up, he was like a, a dog with a bone. He, he was, you know, it's like, oh, my God, look at all this open space I can run into. And he was taking advantage of a full stop, and he finally got his goal, and that was the first yeah. time he smiled, smiled all game when he scored his <laughs> goal at 3-0. So. That's Ronaldo. That's what he brings. He obviously he was involved in the play as well, but I'm not a fan of that mentality that he shows, to be honest. But uh, Juve, a lot of work to do. Maybe, yeah, a lot of work to do, like you said. But uh, we'll see what what goes on. Let's move on to a controversial game, Sassuolo Napoli. Yeah, what a three three, three penalties in this game, and two of them coming in the. 90th minute and 90 plus five yeah crazy crazy like, game this was a ridiculous match but all all three penalties that were called so Swallow got two gifts for penalties Napoli's penalty was a gift too this ref looked like he had milk on his chin still didn't know what he was doing terrible but for Napoli to blow it at the end Manolas in the 94th minute to concede that penalty uh, hothead 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 yeah um it was so poor. And Sinny again to the point when he was leaving the field saying, what a shit team, he said in Italian. He kicks the advertising boards as he's leaving. So I don't know if he was referring to, uh, we don't know if he was referring to his Napoli teammates yeah. saying, what a shit team, or this is Swallow team they just tied. But uh, having the media blackout continues with Napoli. Questions over Gattuso, whether he's going to keep his job continue. What do you think of this Napoli team? Well, they they live and die on the sword of that small group of players. They thought they did enough. They took their foot off the gas, and they concede that late penalty. And Lorenzo Insigne has got nobody to blame but himself. You are the captain of this team. You are the leader. And for you to storm off like a big suck that way shows the lack of leadership you have, and you don't deserve the armband. The only reason you have the armband is because you're a Napolitano. That's the really the only reason. I, I grow less and less respect for this player week in and week out. I really do. Yeah. Um, to me, he's just, to me, he's... He, he epitomizes he, his team. Yeah, he does. He does. He's got a lot of talent. He doesn't bring it every game. This, he brought it. He did bring it this game. He did bring it this game. But but he didn't keep his, keep his team in check. As a captain, you, you're supposed to bring it every single game, and you're supposed to keep your team in line. And we've seen some great captains do that, yeah. right? And Lorenzo Insigne, to me, is not that leader. Uh, yeah, he did play a great game. I, I'd say one of his better games this season. But to me, it's just this guy's a problem for this team. This guy is the problem for this team. Yes, he's a very talented player, but he's also he's their best player, but their worst player at the same time. And I mean that in mentality, tactic-wise. Because with Napoli, it's a mental game. And they're clearly losing the battle. Gattuso knows he's out at the end of the season. They're already talking the replacements at the end of the season. They're not going to fire him now. But they're just going to... Yeah, I don't know if you saw. There there was one point in the game where... I think it was Rahamani or Maksimovic was called to the sideline by Gattuso. And he's given instructions. Yeah. And the player just rolls his eyes at him. You know, head up in the sky, rolls his eyes at him. Kind of say, uh, whatever, boss. This I, team's checked out. This team's checked, checked out. I, when I saw that, that picture said a thousand words. Yep. Uh, this team is this checked team out. This team 
this team is rotten to the core. That's two backup center backs. And this guy, if you're a backup center back, you should be doing anything and everything to try and stay on that field. Yeah. And these guys are rolling their eyes at the manager. Yeah. Are you for real? Do you want to be in the starting lineup? Do you want to fight for a spot? Or I don't know what's what goes through players' minds. Uh, but, yeah, Napoli, like you said. Yeah. This is the opinion. It's all mental. It's all up it's there all for mental. them. It is all up there. Something but, is wrong with the leadership in this team. I agree. And um, you look at the other side, and we got to give him some credit. So, Swallow, what did you think? The the trident coming together again of Caputo yeah, Barardi and Locatelli. They came together. They came together, did what they could, but the, these three guys cannot carry this team anymore. It's become very evident. I mean, they, they lo- they're lucky to get a draw, in yeah. my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, Marini, the ref. He's lucky if he gets another game after this. Well, Three listen, penalty calls that were terrible. Listen, Giacomelli ruined the first Roma-Milan game, <laughs> and he came back up to City out within two weeks. So yeah. who knows what's going on in the FIGC. Yes. Yeah. What a joke. But let's move on. Yeah, 3-3 three, three uh, draw. Three, just want to mention yeah, quick, actually. So Astori was honored. This was his three-year anniversary yep. on his uh, on his passing. He was honored at different moments in all the games. Yeah, uh, Fiorentina-Roma game, Roma game they've yeah. full stop. Full stop. And they just applauded and recognized uh, Astori, Davide Astori. Uh, three years already. Crazy. Three years already. It was a really sad story there. Yes. But uh, let's move on to the next game. Cagliari. Eginel Bologna. one nothing. It looks like this team has figured it out. And who of all, per- of all people scores the goal? Daniele Rugani. Wow. What was Di Francesco doing <laughs> with this team? I'm telling you, he ruined them. Now, simple like Simplici just did something very simple. It's like you said in the last podcast. He's literally just playing them in their actual positions. <laughs> That's all he's doing. Mind blowing stuff right there. But we knew at the start of the season. I know you had some reservations about them, but this team had some good talent on this. Yeah, they did. And they, they did. were they were just punching way below the belt. Um, and goes to show you the difference a coaching change makes. And it's a, it's a simple adjustment to this team. Nothing else has changed except simple adjustments. And now they're, they've won two off the trot. Yeah, un- so, undefeated. Mihailovic, you know, Bologna did create a lot of chances. They did. Alessio Cranio stood on his head this yeah, game. He uh, did a really good job. You know, Alessio Cranio was the difference. But at the same time, you know, Caleri did create another big chance where he in the sub. He had to do a goal line clearance. It was literally like a millimeter. Uh, more in the goal would account that that's how close yeah. that uh, clearance off the line was. But yeah, you got to give Leonardo Semplici credit here. Like you said, yeah. he's just playing guys where they belong. That's it. And it's that simple. Yeah. It is that simple. I don't know what... It's amazing. It's This game is not a complicated game. Nope. It's as complicated as you want to make it. Yeah. Football. That's the beauty of it. And this is such a simple game to play. And guys like Di Francesco, I think they get too caught up in their their theories on how this they think this game should be played. And I like this. It's, you know, Ballardini, as much as I give him crap, he's obviously doing a great job. I respect that. I just like poking fun at him the way he carries himself. It's He's good. He's a good character in City. But what these guys do amazing is they just set up the team. Defensive first, goal second. And the goals all come because of hard work and defenders. So, yeah. and great goal keeping on top of it. So, Great team performance. I don't know. Do you want to say anything else about uh, 
about this game? No, it's just well-deserved win, I think, for Kaliri. They just, it's going to, now, it's going to be a, a gritty battle between Torino and Kaliri. Because now Torino, Kaliri uh, is starting to build up a bit of momentum. And let's see what Torino does now. So that that's going to be a crazy battle at the bottom. And if Torino keeps rolling and Cagliari keeps rolling, there's no reason why a team like Fiorentina drops into relegation because now it's getting really tight but, down there. But it's weird. I think these games in hand are actually going to hurt Torino in the long run. I think it's going to... Because now it's they're in relegation again. Schedule, yeah. They're in relegation again. Their schedule is going to be condensed. But the pressure to have to win now, the pressure to have to win, which Torino is not used to winning games. But look at the pressure... With this Cagliari team, sitting in relegation, new coach, yes. the pressure, they responded really well. Yes. If you're a good team, if you're better than what, than what your standings show, you're going to respond to that pressure, right? Yes, I agree. 100%. I think Torino will, especially with a guy like Davide Nicola, who's used to being in that area and somehow miraculously lifting these teams up. I think they got the right man for that. So, I have my reservations a little bit because he's... Like I said, he's going to have to win now, not draw anymore. So it's going to have to be a bit of a different approach. But we're going to see when but they... But he's had some And tough, they're not easy games either. He's had some tough games where he's picked up draws. Yeah, but right? he's got to play Lazio and Sassuolo in these makeup games. They're not easy games. Yeah, they're not. They're definitely not. But I think with the talent that Torino has, they can do some damage there. Yeah. So, But we'll talk about when, that one. When, when is the rematch again? They, did they, they say? No, they haven't said. Ne- for neither game? Uh, I think Sassuolo is in a couple weeks. Sassuolo, Torino is in a couple weeks. But we don't know what's going to happen with Lazio Torino. Yes, yes. Um, on that note, we have received word that uh, Juve-Napoli rematch will happen on March the 17th. Alrighty. So that last game is going to happen. We'll see if Gattuso is a manager by then. He will be. He will be. But let's move on to the Ligurian Derby yeah. here. Genoa, Sampdoria playing out to a 1-1 draw. Boring, boring game. <laughs> yeah, it was a boring game. Both teams afraid to make mistakes in my opinion. Yeah. But phenomenal game by Zappacosta on Torino's side. He played phenomenal on the left side there, scoring the goal. Even Tonelli, center back there, uh, played so well for Sampdoria. So it was the defenders were the guys that stood out. The forwards on both sides did nothing. Qualiarella and Kita Baldediao did nothing. Shomordurov did nothing. Destro did nothing. But I want to talk about this guy just for a second. Mm-hmm. My man, Kevin Strutman. Chipping in on the goal. He has been a rock for this team since he came in. And hopefully Genoa can make this deal permanent because it was a, it was a steal of a loan. So Yeah, great signing. Keep it up. And uh, Davide Ballardini should be happy with this point. I think both teams will be happy well, with this point. Ranieri was more happy with the point post-game. Uh, uh, the weird thing is they both thought they had a good first half. Ballardini thought he had a good first half. Ranieri thought they had a good first half. Yeah. And that they both kind of lost control of the game at the end. Um, Genoa, uh, Genoa's coach Davide thought they should have walked away with some more, uh, something more at the end of the result. Ranieri, like I already said, happy with one point. I, the, the mentality of Ranieri, I think sometimes is what holds him back from being a great coach. Like at the very top. He's a good coach, don't get me wrong. But yeah. there's something about him. I understand it's a derby. But Ranieri, 
he's a guy that I don't know. He, I know he won the Premier League, but there's just something messing with him and his tactics. It's not a champion. A miracle run. The Sampdoria team, to me, should be doing more than this. This should have been a, a way better game than what we saw. No, here. it should have been, but it wasn't. And I take and I blame Ranieri for it because he his team, to me, didn't come out to win. I know they they had more shots and stuff, but uh, neither no. team came out to win. No, they came out to play it safe. So yeah, one one draw. Let's move on. Hellas Verona, Benevento, Kevin Lasagna opens his account. <laughs> it took twenty five games, but it happened. And he finally got one. Yeah. But the story for this Verona team has to go to Faraioni. Phenomenal game. The Azuri, they got to look at this guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, goal and an assist, and he was all over the place. He just ran rampant on that right side. Yeah. Uh, Benevento had no nothing, no answer. I'm I'm worried for this Benevento team and uh, Inzaghi. Uh, they're not... Uh, now they're starting to fall apart. They are falling apart. They're going to be in a relegation battle, I think, after this weekend. It's not looking good for them no. at all. No, it's they play. Not. They play a big decider, a big deciding game between Spezia and them. Yeah, and both both teams are struggling uh, yeah. now. So, uh, Benevento, they're just another team that's one dimensional. All the players up top are the same: La Fadula, Roberto Insigne, Marco Sao. None of them do anything different. It's all get the ball to them, dribble this. I know La Padula works hard. He's a yeah, he's a strong guy. But there's just there's nothing. There's no, no. bite to this team. Not no bite. They 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 had a good start to the season. Yeah, but they, had, they had a good start until everyone found out who they were. Yeah, you know, Letizia ended up coming back for this game. Had to get subbed off right away due to injury again. Yeah. Uh, Dam Folan came on, made a huge mistake on the goal, and then was subbed right off. Uh, so not a good showing for him. And Zaghi, a lot a lot of work to do. Yeah. People in Zaghi, as great of a striker he was, makes you wonder if he's. Ever gonna be a coach that wins anything? Yeah, he doesn't seem like a coach that takes you to the next level. I mean, has there been any players that were good strikers or good scores of the ball that turned up to being good coaches? Can you recall any? Besides Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he's won nothing. He's but won nothing. He's got yeah. Manu in second. I can't really think of no. Uh, you know, what comes to mind is Terry Henry. He hasn't really done anything. Done much. No. Marco Usually, Van Basten, not even no. Usually, usually goalkeepers are pretty good coaches. Yeah, goalkeepers, midfielders, Zidane, Pep Guardiola, and Pep Guardiola. Yeah, eh. we'll see. <laughs> yeah, people in Zagi to me is not going to be a guy that he's not going to be a guy remembered for his coaching ability. That's for sure. Yeah, he's got a got to he's got to teach these guys how to score. <laughs> Seriously. Anyways, let's move on. How's Verona looking good again? Yeah, looking good. Beautiful, Juve. Four points and six. Uh, yeah, four points out of six. Good. So good for them. They look good. All right. Next game. Fiorentina hosted La Roma. Roma getting away with a 2 1 victory and uh, scoring all three goals in this game. Spinazzola yeah. scoring one, <laughs> scoring a beautiful goal, then scoring on his own net. And then a controversial, if you want to call it, at the end. Uh, they called Diawara's goal initially offside. When you looked at the replay, you're. Watching this game, like what? What? What does the lineman see? It's after Diawara scores, he puts up his flag. I'm like, is this guy an idiot? So uh, they went to look at it. Var they awarded the goal. It was a good goal. So Roma deserving this win. Um, first half was a bore. 
but uh, both teams started to open up really well. Uh, in the second half, Roma obviously getting very busy, making the most of their chances. Uh, great to see Marash Kambula come back. We know Chris Smalling is healthy again. But as we get two defenders back, we lose arguably one of our most important players in the midfield in Jordan Vertu. Uh, pulled up, coming back off a, off a Fiorentina counterattack and needed to be helped off by coaching staff. Couldn't put any weight on his leg. Uh, he is undergoing tests today. We it is probably a serious injury and could be the seasons could be done for him. And it's a shame because this has arguably been the best season of his career. And uh, we just wish him a speedy recovery and hope it's not as serious as it looked. But uh, Fiorentina looking good. The one thing I do want to talk about. Yes. And I gotta hold my breath every time I see this guy with the ball. Paul Lopez. Holy cow! I have never seen a goalkeeper. With such bad footing, but he's a he's a ball playing goalkeeper, no? That's why they bought him to play out of the back. Did you watch this game? Did I you did. watch this I game? Didn't. You didn't. You don't need to watch this game to know because some of the even the announcer was saying it makes you think. Like some of the things that Paul Lopez does just makes you wonder why. And I'm like, yeah, he said it. He took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Paul Lopez creates nothing but trouble for himself. Yeah. He makes up for it by making saves, but people got to remember, he's making saves on mistakes he's made that he never <laughs> doesn't need to make. Especially when you got a guy, there's a reason why Paulo Fonseca plays Brian Cristante as the center defense. And the reason why is because Brian Cristante sits on top of Paulo Lopez, and when Ibanez is not there, Cristante can move the ball. Paulo Fonseca knows Paulo Lopez can't move the ball from the back. He can't. He knows that. That's why Ibanez and Cristante are back there. Please, Pau, don't play the ball anymore. Stay at home, goalkeeper. I don't know. You ha- it was a miracle season you must have had at Betis to get this <laughs> get this contract with Roma because I don't get it. Um, he's not going to be the goalkeeper next year anyway. But uh, Who's coming in? There's going to be somebody coming in. They're, I know they're shopping for a goalkeeper right now. <laughs> Maybe Juan Musso. Who knows? But uh, w- great bounce back. It yeah. was they. They made this game harder than it had to be they for themselves. Did. They did they big did. time. They're lucky. So Fiorentina. I don't know. It's a bit like Napoli. That you got to question the mentality of some of the players. You yeah. had three players come off to injury. Yeah. Uh, Igor Pulgar and Castrovilli all came off. Pulgar yeah. asking to come off. Yeah. Um, you know that's three players in your midfield gone in the game. Prandelli, yeah. Like, what like, are you supposed to do? Why? Why these guys? One, you got to question why Prandelli's starting them if they're yeah. not healthy. Two, if he's starting them, you got to believe they're somewhat healthy. Yeah. And you got to. So it's either you either got to blame the players or you got to blame the coach. Who who's making the you know the call here? Is he playing unhealthy guys, or are the players just not willing to put in the extra? You know. Hard work. I want to stay healthy for next season when this guy's gone, when he's no longer the manager. It's tough. It's it, it's tough. I mean, Jurgen Klopp said it time and time again for Liverpool that because of the how crammed the schedule is this year for every league, you're not going to have a healthy 11 by the end of the season. Uh, right? The condensed schedule thing, I think, is an excuse. Teams like Fiorentina are still only playing once a week. They are. So you should be healthy. I mean, if Inter can go... Once a week and be healthy. Lukaku week in, week out. Why can't these guys? I don't know. Why? Then I don't know. 
you know, Roma, Roma's got to play every, you know, every other week. They got to play two times a week. Why can they do it? Fiorentina's got to play one game, Barely, one on. game a week. And you got three guys coming off in a yeah, game injured. Yeah, but this Fiorentina team's checked out. That's Come what on. I mean. So I, th- I think it's more the players than the manager. I think yeah. the players, they don't care. They show no loyalty to the, to the badge anymore. I can, I know I can leave this team anytime I want. I can get a transfer out. All right. But let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on to an interesting game now. Which one? Udinese, AC Milan, 1-1. Yeah, the rig. The fix is in. I don't get this. <laughs> I mean, the penalty, the penalty Giuliano it, saw it. It was, it was blatant. Like, yeah, it was a legit penalty. It was a legit penalty, right? Another one. Can you read that stat out you read to me before the podcast? Yeah, so uh, uh, for those of you that follow footballcritic.com, they, they're one of the databases for all the, all, the, uh, all the soccer stats for Europe and around the world. So there's an article out there that they pulled all their data of, of Europe's big leagues. And the team with the most awarded penalties in all of Europe is none other than AC Milan. 16 penalties awarded. 12 converted from the spot. The next two teams that come close to them in the big five is Strasbourg from Ligue 1 with 10 penalties awarded, 9 converted, and then our beloved Leicester City with 10 awarded and 8 converted. So you don't hear PSG. You don't hear Real Madrid. You know what's shocking, and I have to admit, you know who's not even in there? Juventus. I don't even think uh, they're not weird, even in the top ten, top <laughs> that's fifteen. What, that's weird. I know. They're not getting the calls. <laughs> like the next Italian team, that that's way is down the team. table. Is no, your team. No. Yeah. The next Italian team is Sassuolo. Really? Eight oh, yeah, for eight. Because now it's Sassuolo. Yeah, they just got a whole bunch of that's penalties. Right. But Roma's there too now. Oh, let me check. So it's Milan, Sassuolo, Roma for the penalty leaders, and then Juve comes after. Let but the check. gap is huge between. Yeah, the, the gap is huge. But check that. I'm going to talk a little bit about this game. AC looked horrendous this game. Uh, Pioli doing what he does the best. You know, he starts the season strong, fades right out towards the end. This is what he's done his entire career, Pioli. Um, Like we said, Pioli, you got to reinvent yourself. Injuries or not, you have to reinvent yourself. Romagnoli getting called back in. He uh, made a huge goal line clearance to keep the game at 0-0. Donnarumma then conceded one of the softest goals I've ever seen. He's he looked like Cordaza net, <laughs> and he didn't look like Gigi Don, Donnarumma. Yeah, he uh, looked terrible. He looked terrible in that slow to react. Um, Milan had absolutely no answers from uh, Luca Gotti's team. The way they were parking the bus, sitting back. But Luca Gotti, even though they were sitting back, they created more dangerous chances than Milan with fewer shots. Uh, believe it or not, they looked the more danger dangerous of the two. Uh, DePaul having a great game in the Udinese shirt. Bacau having a great game, scoring the goal, even though he got kicked in the face by Rebic, completely accidental, uh, bloody nose and everything. And then all the fun stuff start, started happening in the 82nd minute. A bit of, uh, very strange. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life watching football. Samir was subbed on for Roberto Perea, the center back for Udinese, Samir. Comes on, doesn't last even 10, 15 seconds before he starts complaining about some sort of pain in his leg, near ankle pain. He goes down right to the sideline. His players are urging him to come back on, come back on. We're man down. You got to come back on. We're, you know, we're trying to hold the fort down here. And the guy just leaves the field right to the change room. 
Now again, very strange. You got a question. I'm not saying <laughs> the fix is in, but you got <laughs> but you got a question. The mentality of the players. I've never seen anything like this. You are the final sub that could be made because uh, it was the third uh, round of subs. For there were other guys on the bench. There was other guys on the bench. You know, Gotti, I'm pretty sure Gotti knows Samir's health, okay? Uh, whether he's good enough to come come in or not, if he's injured or not. Samir comes into the game, leaves the game, is on the sidelines getting a treatment. Players are begging him to go back in. Gotti's telling him to go back in. And like I said, the guy leaves for the changing room. I've never seen it. The least he could do is at least stand up top in the midfield and just and you're up one stand nothing. there, help with corner or something. You're up one nothing. This guy completely lets his team down. And then five minutes of injury time is given. They played 97 minutes. The cross is put in by, uh, I forget who put in the cross, but Steger, the, uh, I think, Swiss international, if I'm not mistaken, jumps up for the ball. Uh Stryger, Stryger jumps up for the ball and completely thinks he's playing volleyball. And Danish. Danish, sorry. Danish jumps up and blocks the ball with his hand. Uh, now, I've never seen Vidic was the last person to do that at uh, Man U. Yeah. That's how long it's been. I've, I haven't seen anything like that in a long, long time. I don't know what's going through his head in the 95th plus minute. This guy sticking his arm up to stop the, def- you know, the opposing team from getting ahead on the ball. I don't even think even if the Milan player did make contact with the ball, that it was going it in. Was probably not even going to go in. And this guy completely gave away the three points. And uh, both teams walk away sharing the spoils. Kessie scores the penalty. Uh, Gotti, so furious after the game. Yeah. Um, and it got really bad for Seeger at the end. Uh, social media took it out on him. And then Udine sent out a message saying, we're all one. We, you know, we lose and win together. So that was nice to see protecting their player, but very strange events yeah. in the last 10, 15 minutes anyway. Definitely. So I did p- pull up the stat for yes. Serie A, okay? So Roma's not even in the top 20. So For Serie A? No, Roma's not even in the top 20 in Europe. So I had to go yeah, d- yeah. I had to dig deep. But in okay? Serie A, they're number three. They are number three. So it goes Milan. Because ev- everyone, everyone is... Serie A had this issue with penalties last season. Now everyone's going through it this yeah. year. Anyway, yeah. What's this? So, AC Milan says Swallow. We know Roma third, converting, awarded six, converting six for six. Then it's a four-way tie for fifth. Napoli converted five for five. Inter converted four for five. Juve converted four for five. And then Lazio converted three for five. The next team after that is Crotone converting four for four. I think so that's how they've scored all their goals almost. Seriously. <laughs> Atalanta's in the bottom. They've only been awarded three and converted three. And they're this one of the top goal scoring teams. It's yeah. crazy. They score all their goals from open play. The team with the least awarded penalties, Genoa converting one for one. So wow. it's interesting. It is interesting. The tables have turned. AC Milan is the new Juventus. <laughs> that's what it is that's what it is anyway strange game milan i don't know where they go from here i think after seeing that trouble. result they they look in big trouble they're uh, in trouble they got they don't have an easy they have europa league with united and they got a tough yeah. game coming up on the weekend it's not i think this is four games they've gone without a win it's the end no, looking good. they won the game on Sunday. Oh, sorry, wrong. They were yeah. given the game sorry, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, or they lost four, I think, in the in the new year since the new year. But it yeah. has anyway. It hasn't been good for Milan. No, um, 
a lot of a lot of work to do. Wheels a lot of work to do. Off. The, and they lost Tonali's injury at halftime. So another injury on top of it. But anyway, let's go to the last game. Cerise Kosimi getting a baptism of fire. The wannabe man in the shades. Cerise <laughs> uh, Kosimi. Yeah. Atlanta hosting Crotone. Crotone. I just want to say this on Stropa real quick. Way, way too late. You might as well just have kept him for the season because this guy, Cosme, is not going to get you out of relegation. You guys, are the, this is the worst Serie A record for a club ever, I think. Ever. Uh, I'd believe it. These, some of these relegation teams are pretty brutal. Too. Yeah, it is. But Atalanta going to work, yeah, doing what they do, getting slipping into fourth place now. Trying to do a nice hold of that fourth place, rotating the squad, and just coming out with a comfortable five to one win. Yeah, Ilicic getting a start after I think he hasn't started a game since Real Madrid, and when him and Gasparini bumped heads yeah. uh, over his work rate, getting the start, he lit up the show. Uh, was phenomenal, beautiful goal. Muriel again on fire. Yeah. Atalanta are the most fluid, best attacking team in Serie A, probably yeah. in Europe. The way yeah. they attack, they're next to none. Um, easy game for them. I know they made it, Crotone made it somewhat surprising when they tied it 1-1. Simi took advantage of uh, Christian Romero uh, accident error, which he rarely does. But then after that, Atalanta showed up second half. And uh, see you later. That's it. Seriously, Cosimi, what do, Crotone, this guy. This is probably the, guy, the only guy that would take the job. Seriously, he, he, I don't I don't know. I guess who's Crotone really going to get, even for a manager? His best winning percentage uh, was 50% back in 2007 with Brescia. That's, that's, that's a long time ago. His previous jobs recently have been Perugia, uh, 2020, January 4, 2020 to July 19th. He had a 23% win percentage. Venezia, uh, the 5th of March, 2019 to the 30th of June. 2019, so he doesn't last long in his job. Doesn't last long. Uh, 23% again, and and the third last job is Ascoli, December 7th, 2017 to July 12th, 2018. 29% in the lower divisions. Yes, and he can't. Perugia was is the most notorious. Perugia's been a team that's on the brink of promotion for a few years, and he he got he was basically given a gift and he blew it with Perugia. Yeah, he he hasn't had a winning record. In a long time. Yeah. In so, a long, long time. So yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I think there was just pressure to do something, and that was all they could do. So, but, Yeah, no disrespect to Cersei Kosami, but... Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see him back anyway, but... Sure. He's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's a shame that he didn't come in sooner so we could have a derby with the man in the shades between Ballardini <laughs> yeah. and Cosme. They're not going to play each other anymore, so... No. It's okay. And you know what the pathetic thing was? Actually, I thought he was unimpressed by his Crotone side. He came out and said he was unimpressed and that he would have liked to have more high-quality players to choose from. That's what he said because he didn't have the first team to choose from. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is the first thing you come out and say after this this game. This is this is what you say. You're already, you're already throwing your team under the bus. Like This is going to end quick. Oh, for sure. It's going to end quick. I think he just wanted some money and, and see yeah. you later. Yeah, so routine win for Atalanta. We know Inter, Parma are going to go today. Yes. We expect an Inter win. So Inter should p- 
had their lead up top. Uh, unless something shocking unless happens. Some freak accident happens. Yeah. So that that game's still to come. So that wraps up match day twenty five. Inter with the game in hand on top, still three points above Milan. We expect that to go to six. Uh, Milan in second place with fifty three points. Atalanta climbing to third place with forty nine points, tied with Juve who's sitting fourth with forty nine points. Roma on the outside looking in, 47 points. Napoli dropping the 6th, 44 points. And Lazio sitting idle at 7th, 43 points. That's your top 7 right now. And with Torino and those two games in hand right now, Torino now moved down to 18th place in the relegation because uh, Cagliari won their last two games. So Cagliari sitting in seventh, 17th place with 21 points. Torino... In 18th place, one point behind them, two games in hand, so lots of ground to make up for this Torino team. And then, of course, you got Parma and Crotone down there, uh, 15, 15 points and 12 points. It, there's no future for them in Serie A. But the one thing I do want to mention, especially if Torino wins these two games, let's assume they do, they go up to 26 points. There are three teams that could realistically fall into the relegation. And that is Fiorentina with 25 points, Spezia with 25 points, and Benevento with 25 points. So Very tight. Very tight down there now, and it's going to be a grind. But let's take a break from Serie A. Let's move on to, let's move on to Champions League, and then we'll break down match day 26. Yeah, let's do it. Let's change right? it up. Let's change it up a little bit. So we've got four games in the midweek next week. First one, Juventus hosting Porto, Juve. Down 2-1 to one on aggregate, but having that crucial away goal that they scored in the last meeting. How do you see this game? I knew going into Portugal, Juve was going to have a lot of trouble just based off their styles, right? Just the style clash here. That away goal for Juve was huge. If they didn't score that goal, I'd be very worried heading into this fixture. Yeah. But all they have to do now is win one nothing, and that will be enough to get, get them through on away goals. I think Juve do have the quality to go in. Conchin Chao is a great coach, great tactics, knows how to play great discipline. Um, but Juve, man for man, you do have to say they have the better players, better goalkeepers, better defense, midfield, maybe question marks there in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, up top, better. So they should win. It's just a matter of Pirlo has to get the tactics right. He has to. Um there's no question about it. Pirlo has to step up his game as a manager. And you got to hope some of these players come back. Because it looks like heading into this game, you're going to have Giorgio Chiellini out. Arturo's out. Paolo Dybala is still out with his MCL uh, injury. Leonardo Bonucci. Adnau Delict. He should be fine, depending if he plays this weekend or not. And Juan uh, Cuadrado is still injured. So you're, you're missing a lot of first-team players. But regardless... The players are there in this team, yeah. Too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead towards a Juve win. I think it's gonna be very tight, one-one win. I mean, one-nil uh, win, and that will be enough just to see them through. But it's gonna be a very hard-fought game. Yeah, I I think it'll be a grind, but at the end of the day, I think Juventus comes out. Yeah, I Porto too. You gotta look. They're really they're not missing anybody either. They're, they're healthy, full, fully healthy squad. Uh, so. Well, we'll see what happens. It'll be a tough, tough game. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But we're both telling to take Juve in this one. Yes. 
now. We need we need the Italian teams to do something. Yeah, let's this go. This record in Europe has to end. Roma this can't carry this torch, guys, all by ourselves. <laughs> um, now, Dortmund hosting Sevilla. Dortmund coming off a 3-2 away win in Sevilla yes. uh, in the first leg. So now they're coming home. And so Seville, yeah, Seville with the edge, to, Seville have to win two now, yeah, uh, to to go through. Um, they have to score two goals. They do. They have to score two goals. Borussia Dortmund is ripping it apart now in Bundesliga. Yeah. Before the Champions League, the first fixture they were kind of going downhill. Then Eden uh, Terchitz, their new coach, who uh, came and replaced Favre, he got things together. Yeah, and now they're peaking at the just the perfect time. Uh, Lopetegui, they've lost recently to Barcelona. So, Borussia Dortmund to me just look like they're hitting form. Yeah, uh, they are missing some key players in Axel Witzel, Manuel Akanji, Marcel Schmelzer is out, Rafael Guerrero are out. Sevilla does have a fully fit squad. Do are Sevilla good enough though to score two goals and not concede? That's, that's the, the that's the question. I think Sevilla is going to score two goals, but I think they're going to be so open that Dortmund's going to expose them. And I think what you're going to see here is you're probably going to see a two-two or three-three draw in this game. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, and I don't think Dortmund's gonna lose, so I think it's gonna be. I think the game's gonna be a draw, but Dortmund's obviously we'll go gonna win. Yeah, yeah. You know that I could see that happening too. I could yeah. see that happening too. I, I yeah, I just see Borussia coming out with this fixture. Yeah, absolutely. So Giuliano's telling you to take Dortmund. I'm telling you to take the draw. Let's move on to Wednesday. Liverpool hosting Leipzig. Leipzig Nagelsmann. Yes, Giuliano's favorite coach. The two Germans are off. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's record against uh, the young prodigy is 3-0. and um, Jurgen Klopp, easy win for Liverpool. In Leipzig, I think it was. 2-0. It was in Leipzig, yeah. Um, now they're, go- they're, they're not playing in England. They're playing in a yeah, so they're another location, but stadium. Liverpool's the home team. Liverpool's the home team. What do you think? What do you think here? <sighs> I, I just don't give Leipzig a chance. I'm I'm sorry. I mean Liverpool. Liverpool is Liverpool. You're been, gonna, Liverpool have been poor though this. They've season. been poor, but in these games they get it done. And Jurgen Klopp knows how to get these the job done. And I think Jurgen it comes down to coaching tactics. And I just think Jurgen Klopp is way more seasoned than Nagelsmann. So in my opinion, they, and Liverpool got some weapons. Don't. I'm not discrediting Leipzig at all. Leipzig's got a lot of weapons. They look really good. They got some great players. I just think Liverpool's too much for them, especially with how the tactical approach goes with Jurgen Klopp versus Nagelsmann. Sorry, and Liverpool are going to win this game. It's probably going to be one nothing or two to one, and Liverpool are going to walk comfortably into the quarterfinal. Yeah, Liverpool are on a five-game losing streak. Believe it or not, up until. Uh they beat Sheffield United on Sunday. That's not saying much. But they much. know the Sheffield. season's over. They know the Premier sitting, League's yeah, over. Yeah, they're sitting in sixth, so they're really fighting to stay in the Champions League, actually, for the season. They do have Chelsea coming up today. Yeah. So they've been injuries galore for this team. Uh, hot and cold. Uh, RB, on the other hand, they're also another team has, that has picked it up. But the German teams, besides Bayern Munich, all seem to suffer for some reason in uh, in Europe. Just like the city, yeah, yeah. Um, what do we expect from this RB team? They've been winning their games easily in Germany. Second place, two points behind Bayern, so they've reignited the title race. Will they have enough to beat Liverpool in this game? I don't think so. I think uh, Jurgen is going to make it four and zero against Nagelsmann. Um, 
Nagelsmann, especially if he goes with that three-man defense again, it's over. Though I only I only give him a chance is if he goes back to four-man defense, they might be able to nick uh, nick a victory off of Jurgen. But it's got to be more than two goals. You got to win three nothing. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. So, uh, Liverpool, is, right. we'll go. We'll advance to the tie. The result, I don't know. You know, okay. but Liverpool will come out of this uh, tie. All right, so we're both saying Liverpool are going to come out. I think they're going to grind a win, and Julian doesn't know what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, and I just want to say injury-wise, too, for people who are listening, injuries, uh, Naby Keita still out, Fabinho out, Diego Jota out, Virgil van Dijk is still out, of course. Jordan Henderson is now out. Huge miss, the captain. Joel Matip is out, Joe Gomez. And for uh, RB, Lammer and their new signing, Dominic Shabozlai, is out. So let's move on to the final midweek game for Champions League. Paris Saint-Germain. Paris. Are hosting Barcelona. Yes. At the Parc des Princes. PSG coming off a massive victory over Barca in the first leg. 4-1. to one, Winning 4-1 to one at the Camp Nou. So they got four away goals. We understand there was a huge miracle for Barcelona. The Barca comeback on PSG a couple years ago in the Champions League where they overcame a huge deficit like that. This Barca team is not capable. And second in the Liga now. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. PSG second in Liga. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me. I think you're going to see a draw because Tuchel is going to sit back in this game. Why wouldn't no, you? No, Pochettino. Tuchel's at Chelsea. Oh, sorry. Sorry. See? Goes to show you how to date I am. <laughs> Pochettino's going to come out and sit back. And uh, Barca's... Because when you're up 4-1 to one on Barca, why wouldn't you invite them to come in? So, And just set up a wall in front. So I think this game's going to be a bore. And I just think uh, PSG's going to come out of this. Come out of this. I don't see Barca any chance whatsoever coming out of this uh, fixture. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it seems like all the work was done. Definitely in the first leg. Barca has been on a tear in the league. Um but what that translates to Champions League, you know, we don't know. Uh, both teams are riddled with injuries, so anything can happen. They do have Messi still in the end, which always, you know, just like Juve have Ronaldo, having one of those guys is almost a guaranteed goal you're starting with. So there is a slight chance will Barcelona do it. I highly doubt it. Pochettino's record on top of it to Coleman is outstanding. They played eight times against each other, dating back to their Premier League days. Pochettino's won five of those matches, drawn two, lost one. Coleman's only beaten him once in eight games, so that goes to show he's not up to snuff with Pochettino. Uh, and players that will be missing, Petit Saint-Germain are going to be without Di Maria, Florenzi, Marco Verratti, Neymar, Moise Keane has uh, coronavirus, Juan Bernat. So all three Italians will be missing, who all played a vital role in that game. So that's why there is a slight chance. So a lot of big players missing uh in PSG. On the other hand, FC Barcelona, uh, Pjanic is out. Roland Arujo, Anzu Fati, Sergei Roberto, Gerard Piquet, not a big mess there. Felipe Coutinho, not a big mess. And Musi Wagu. So they're not really missing anybody that started in the last game. So they should have the same starting lineup. On the other hand, PSG is going to be missing three big, there's going to be three big holes in that team with uh, Florenzi, Varati, and Moise King gone. So, it will be a different game, but will it be enough for Barca to go through? 
I think they'll win this game. I don't think they'll have enough though to, to to advance. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna keep it interesting. All right. So we both agree. Barca's going out, but Juliano uh, <laughs> thinks they're gonna win this tie. This one. This second. This is one game. Yeah. And then as so that sums up Champions League. Now it's time for the Europa League. Some big games coming up. And does it get any bigger than the first game? Manchester United hosting AC Milan. Ooh. I wouldn't want to be Milan right now. Yeah, I know. I know it's a week away. Um, Milan, we got to see how they come out of this weekend with their big fixture. Uh, like we said, this could be a huge turning point in their season. Yep. Stefano Pioli versus Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Milan riddled with injuries. Two coaches that never won anything. Yeah. Putting it on the line. On the line. Um, I, man, you, they're, they're not even, they're not even flying that high anymore in the Premier League, even no. though they are sitting second, but I am going to give the edge to Man U. I just yep. think Pioli and this Milan team have seemed to just been going yeah. downhill. I think you're going to see a comfortable one, nothing, two, nothing win for Manchester United. And and especially this was a, a team that struggled against Red Star. Yeah. You know, so let's see. Man U exactly. has a lot more quality and is not afraid to sit back. Yeah, and if Milan struggled breaking down Udine, you're going to struggle to break down Manu and deal with their counter at the same time. Absolutely. So, so we're both trying to take Man United in this game. Hopefully, it's not a, uh, a spanking. Yeah. Uh, let's move through the other games pretty quick. Yes. Uh, Slavia Praha hosting Rangers. Uh, Slavia Praha surprised to be, I think, undefeated in Czech Republic. Actually. Yeah, they're. But they're surprised to be in the round. So yep. this is a battle for two of the biggest teams in their domestic league. So Rangers winning, going to be winning their Scottish championship. And Slavia Praha are on a tear in the Czeska Liga. So two of the hottest teams in their domestic clubs go head-to-head. Who do you like here? This is a, a, it's a toss, toss of the coin. Toss of the coin. Um, home Stevie team. G. I always think the advantage lies with the uh, team that plays at home first. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'll give Rangers uh, this. Oh wow! I'll give Rangers this. It may be a tie. Okay. Um. All right. So Juliano's trying to take Rangers yeah, in this game. I'm gonna take Rangers in this game. Yeah, it's a toss-up for me. I think they're gonna draw the first game. So yeah. I'm trying to take the draw. Let's move on. Ajax hosting Young Boys. Uh, young Boys surprising. I know. What do we expect of these these Young Boys? They're it's insane. So I think I'm think the first place Swiss team too against the first place Dutch team. Yeah. Young boys dismantling Bayer Leverkusen with ease. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, Ajax, talent-wise, is miles ahead. I think Ajax is going to And Ajax is playing at home, so I think Ajax is going to win this game comfortably. I think you're going to see a nice 2 nothing win for Ajax here. Yeah, I'm going to give... I'm going to give the edge to Ajax, too. All right. It'll be, I think it'll be a nice offensive game anyway. Yeah, will be. For the neutrals to watch, so... Next game, Dinamo Kiev hosting Villarreal. Yeah, Villarreal on a bit of a, a tear in the Liga. Yeah. Dinamo Kiev, great team from the Ukraine, coming out of Champions League, finishing third in a tough group with yeah. uh, Juve and Barcelona. I'm going to give it to Pellegrini, and, or sorry, Pellegrini, Unai Emery. Yeah. Uh, his Villarreal, he knows how to win these tournaments. He won it with Sevilla multiple times. I'm going to give him the edge. Yeah, I think Villarreal is going to win this game comfortably, and they're going to go home and sit back. So yeah. we're both trying to take Villarreal to win this game. Next up, Tottenham hosting Juliano's Dark Horse, Dinamo Zagreb. At, uh, well, 
not playing in England, obviously, but they'll be playing on a neutral site. But Tottenham is the home team in the first tie. You know, I don't know what to expect from this game. This this Croatian team, Dinamo Zagreb, I'm telling you, is a dark horse. Spurs, on the other hand, they have hit form now with Deli Ali, Bale, Harry Kane, Son. They're all starting now. When you have that much quality going forward, how can you say, you know, how can you deny a team like that? So I will give Spurs the edge, but watch out for this Dynamo Zagreb, Zagreb team. Don't underestimate them. This will be a great game. Yeah, I think uh, I think Spurs wins the first leg comfortably. Sec- one nothing, 2 nothing. Second leg might be a different story. So, yeah. Bold to take Tottenham. Granada hosting Mold in the next game. Granada. Mold, surprising to be here. The Norwegians, yeah. Yeah. Granada, surprised to be here even. Yeah. Beating Napoli. Yeah. I don't know enough about Mold, so I'm going to go with Granada. I mean, if you could beat Napoli, you have to have some, you know, you have to be pretty decent. So, Molde in Norway, they're a big team, physical. Great goalkeeper, Linde, the Swedish goalkeeper, is yeah. phenomenal. One of the best goalkeepers left in the tournament. Yeah, and uh, I just think the physicality is going to be way too much for Granada. Granada, to me, in my opinion, very soft. Fall to the ground way too easy. So this game, I think, uh, bec- I know they're playing in, uh, they're playing Granada's at home. I think you're going to see a 1-1 draw. Mold's going to grab a crucial away goal. I think it's going to be a draw. <laughs> uh, two more games. Roma hosting oh, yeah, Shakhtar at the, the best. You're saving the best for last. Well, you want to save the best for last? Save the okay. best for last. Let's go to Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal and Olympiacos. Olympiacos. I just don't give Olympiacos a chance. This this fixture is being won on a penalty because Nick <laughs> said there's always controversy. <laughs> so there's going to be a penalty. Uh, uh, 1-0 on aggregate. Arsenal takes this fixture over the two legs. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. From a penalty. I think Arsenal's going to win the first game comfortably 2 nothing. Yeah, they're looking good in the Premier yeah. League. So let's save the best for last. Fonseca. Shakhtar. Going back to the Ukraine. Yes. Yes, this is going to be an interesting game. Roma Shakhtar. I know, that's not Ukrainian. This is going to be an interesting game. Can we replicate what Inter did to Shakhtar last year? I don't know if we can make it look that pretty. but no. uh, No chance. No, we're... we're, we're, Roma's injury... Roma ain't no Inter. Roma's injury, injury riddled. Uh, coming up against a Shakhtar team that's just tough, that claimed Madrid scalps twice this season in the Champions League. Knocked Inter out. Knocked Inter out. This team is dangerous. This is going to be a tough tie. Oh, and it's going to break my heart to say this. I think they're going to draw the first game. What will they draw, though? I think they're going to draw 1-1. That's a good result, then, for Roma. Uh, missing Veritu. Yeah, that sucks. Gonna, that sucks. But I hope they win. Prove me wrong. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to say draw in the first leg. Yeah, you, you know what? Europa League looks a little bit more exciting. I'm not going to lie. Than Champions League, some of these fixtures. Because they're not predictable like the Champions League. Yeah. A lot of these ties can go either way. So Europa League looking really good this year. Um, off to the preview for the uh, yeah. weekend. Let's preview. So we're going to preview for you. Match day 26 for La Serie A, and it's going to be an interesting one. This will be. There's a lot of big fixtures here. Big fixtures. Big, big fixtures. So let's start us off. Spezia, Benevento, <laughs> relegation battle. Yeah. This, this is huge. That's a big game. Um, 16th place, Benevento. Spezia sitting in 15th, both on 25 points. Caleri and Torino, two games in hand, right behind them. 
Yeah. Four points behind. So this game is massive. It's massive. It's massive. And they can't settle for a draw. This game's got to be won by somebody. It does. A draw does no one any good here. No. These I, two have played, both managers have played each other three times in, in recent uh, fixtures. Pipo and Zaghi edging out with a win. What happens? What happens? Yeah. I'll tell you what happens. Spezia win this game. That's what happens. Spezia, Spezia right now, even though they lost 3 nothing, form-wise, they look the better team in form. They didn't, the 3 nothing scoreline does no justice in match day 25 against Juve because they played a pretty solid game. And to me, they're just the more informed team. They play a much better team game than Benevento does. It's like Giuliano said, Benevento's been figured out. They're one-dimensional. They need to adjust. People in Zaghi, to me, is not a coach that can adjust. He's shown that time and time again. He showed it at Milan. He showed it at Venezia. He showed it at every team he's coached. He cannot adjust. He's got one way to play, just like he had one way of scoring. So, to me, <laughs> Spezia win this game. The only question is, is Spezia, they've been miss- they're missing two big players, and Ricardo Sapanata and Thomas Pobega are still out. Benevento really not missing any starters besides Ricardo and Prota. But their strike force is so lacking. They're not convincing at all. I think Nizola will be the difference here. Mbala, Nizola. Spezia beat Benevento. Benevento going right into a relegation battle. Could be. Could be. So we're both trying to take Spezia. Let's move on to the next game, 12 o'clock. Udinese hosting Sassuolo at the Dutch Arena. Two teams that are going to... F- well, Sassuolo won't feel hard done by because they ended up stealing a, a tie. Yeah. Udine, on the other hand, will feel like they've got robbed of a, of a of yeah. three points. Udine, mid-table, comfortable. Sassuolo sitting comfortable at ninth, 36 points. I mean, they can they can get a victory here. Maybe push House Verona for that new uh, spot in that tournament, right? It's eighth spot. That no, gets it's seventh. It. Oh, it's seventh. So they got a long way to go. Um, the Zerbi actually having a losing record against Gotti. I honestly think that will continue. I think Udine are going to play the exact same way. I don't see Sassuolo having the quality to break down Udine's defense. If Milan couldn't do it, I don't think Sassuolo can. And uh, I just think they're going to Udine is going to have that edge, and they're going to be coming out with a very frustrated from the last fixture. I think they're going to get their their goal. All right, and not concede this time. So Giuliano's telling you to take the Udinese win. I just think it's too tough to call. So I'm going to say a draw. Draw, all right. And Saturday afternoon's game, Juve hosting Lazio. This is one of the big games. This is one of the big games. Lazio didn't have to play on Sunday, so they have a little bit of rest. Yep. And that, Juve, and Juve got to... a Champions League fixture midweek. Yeah. So they've played Soverona, Spezia, now Lazio, and then Porto. So not an easy run at all. What does Pirlo do? He can't rotate his team because there's so so many injuries. Yeah. What do you think? I, I this this game's actually very tough to call. Very tough to call. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh it's a very important game. Lazio to get back into the Champions League conversation for next year have to win this game. Uh, to ca- to make up some ground on uh, on Juve. Juve on the other hand sitting in third, fourth place, whatever you want to call it. They're tied with Atalanta right now for those two spots. Um, have a huge game in the midweek, knowing that that is their priority for the season. Uh, I think they're going to be too distracted with that, especially with the amount of injuries they have. And for that reason, I'm going to say Lazio are going to win this game. I think you just took the words out of my mouth. I think Lazio will win. 
the only question mark I have with regards to Lazio is who their center back parents are going to be. Um, and they're missing one of their main attacking threats in Manuel Lazzari for this game with a calf injury. So a lot of the work is going to have to fall on the, so on the shoulders of Chiro, Sergei, and Luis Alberto. I think they do have enough quality to beat that Juve midfield. Uh, really, it's going to come down to if, if Juve have any chance, it's going to have to be a Ronaldo piece of magic. That's the only way Juve sneaks something out or of this game. Or a Penaldo. Or a Penaldo. But I, I agree. I think Lazio... They were fortunate enough not to have to play Torino. Yeah. And uh, they're fortunate enough that their Champions League fixture doesn't fall and this the week after, next week. And I think the cards are just laid out perfectly for a Lazio win here. Yeah. And Lazio has been a very tough team for Juve yep. uh, in recent years. So I think we both agree with Lazio. Lazio to win. Now, let's move on to Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m., the man in the shades pays a visit to the Stadio Olimpico. Your favorite guy. Who are you going to choose here? Oh, this on. is your guy. Roma hosting Genoa. Roma fighting for their lives for top four. Uh, Lazio, Juventus game there. An opportunity for Roma to catch some ground, hopefully, or extend a lead further ahead of Lazio, depending on what happens on Saturday afternoon. Roma have to win this game. Roma beating on the small teams, doing what they do best. Comfortable win for Roma here. They're at home. They've only lost once to a <laughs> controversial <laughs> penalty by AC Milan. So, to me, Rome, this victory is Roma's for the taking. This will be the first match between these two coaches, Davide and Paolo, believe it or not. They haven't played each other yet. Your boy, Davide, has a pretty decent record against Roma, too. Not going to lie. It's almost 50-50. Not Paolo Fonseca's uh, Roma. <laughs> And on top, this Roma on top of it, on top of it, on top of it, Roma, Kambula's out with the suspension. Roger and Banyas is gone. So you're going to have Cristante Mancini. Cristante Mancini, Smalling. In the defense. And Smalling, yes, yeah, Smalling's back. Jacko's out. Vertu's out. It means you put VR with Diawara. Then you put Mkhitaryan. But you guys, yes, Mkhitaryan Pellegrini. But you guys have to worry about Spinozola. your fixture. Spinazzola's there. Perez, Karsdorp. Yeah. Pedro, even. You know what? And Borja Mayoral. You know what I'm going to say here. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. I know. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Roma are going to have to falter at some point against one of these teams below them. Not and this team. I think it comes to the Terminator here. No. I think he terminates Roma. No. Roma are trying to get back in the top four. Not going to happen now. And he pits that team crest on his trophy. Of Not going to happen beaten this year. I think Genoa... Davide Balardini is going to haunt Roma. He's going to win. And the goal is going to come from former Romanista, Destro. Holy cow. He's going to score a goal against Roma. All right. So and Strutman's going to score too. Okay. <laughs> Giuliano's trying to take Genoa. I'm trying to take Roma. Total disagreement there. Now, let's move on. Fiorentina hosting Parma. Another game that could have relegation implications here yeah th this weekend is this weekend's exciting every game every game almost means something minus the Sassuolo game yeah. every game so far means something yeah so Fiorentina hosting Parma Parma's been abysmal Parma's gonna probably be coming off an ass kicking from Inter <laughs> so <laughs> I hope please no more <laughs> embarrassing job. um but Fiorentina just looks like they've checked out to me, Fiorentina, to me, the way they've played this season, deserves to go down. And Parma, 
yes, is another team that deserves to go down. But Parma, literally, they have a thread of hope. Just a thread. It's not much. It's a thread. You lose this game, it's over. You tie this game, it's over. The desperation this Parma team is going to play in this game, they're going to throw everything at this team, and they're going to win this game. Parma. For me. See, I want to... I want to give Parma that edge, but missing Roberto Inglese this season has been so huge for them. It's set them back so much, uh, not being able to rely on him. He's out again for this game. Graziano Pelle is still not healthy. Gervinho's uh, out. Xerxi, who they just signed, is out. So that's that's four attackers gone. You're relying on Cornelius to score. Karamo, uh, who scored a nice goal in the previous game. Parma is so riddled with injuries up top. Healthy, otherwise in the midfield and back. Fiorentina just missing Giacomo Bonaventura and Christian Kwame. But we have to question, which we did, are the players playing for many more? You know, uh, Pulgar isn't listed as an injury. Igor Julio is not in, listed as an injury. And Castrovilli hasn't been listed as an injury. There's question marks whether they'll be available for the weekend. Uh, I, You know what? I'm going to give... The edge to Parma. I am going to say a win for Parma. I just think the Fiorentina players, they're not listed as injured. So to me, that shows that they've checked out mentally. They're not in this to win anymore. Um, I'm going to give Parma the win here. Okay. And maybe that will be the wake-up call for Fiorentina to start playing again because they've looked absolutely horrendous. And uh, Parma to win. Yeah. So we're both trying to take Parma. Now an interesting game here. Crotone hosting Torino. With the amount of COVID-19. Is this game even going to happen? We don't know. Right? Another delay. These players. Could be another delay. Does does Torino have a healthy enough squad? I think if they brought their C team here, they'd hammer <laughs> Crotone. So if this game does go ahead, Torino's going to win this game. Yeah, if this game goes ahead, hands down. Torino, relegation battle again. A huge game. Going up against the worst team ever in Serie A. Yeah. So but hopefully, yeah, something resolves. Or else they're going to have three games to make up, which yeah. I'm telling you is going to put a lot of pressure on uh, on Torino to come yeah. out of relegation. So we just have to wait and see. But if they play, I agree. Torino, Torino to win. Yeah. So we're both trying to Torino. Next up, Hellas Verona hosting AC Milan. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, this is... Uh, that's going to be tough. This is going to be tough. This is a house Verona, like we just said, four points to six games. Yeah. Can they make it, in, you know, another seven? Seven and, uh, and nine. Can um, Lasagna continue his goal-scoring run? Can they upset two Milan? Goals? And this is a Milan who has to play Man U again on Thursday. So yeah. they got to keep guys healthy. Uh, no one... They have a lot of injuries with... Ibra is too busy at San Remo Festival there. Ismail Benhasser has his injuries. Mare Mandzukic came on for the free pay, free lunches and everything. He's out injured again. Uh, Daniel Maldini, he's out. He's Haken, not anyway. Kalanoglu, muscle injury. <laughs> he's the worst Maldini. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of injuries going forward for Milan. I, I don't know. I, I honestly think, could they drop more points? Is it possible? Yes. You it think is so? possible. I mean, like, the managers' records against each other are dead, even. 
Hellas Verona team is tough. And have you finally got a comf- a confident Kevin Lasagna? That's a that's a big question well, too. That, and that is a big thing. If Lasagna is scoring now, yeah, and he, you know, because you know what he brings, he likes to defend from the top. He's yeah. So what Kevin Lasagna? As much as we give him, you know, heat all the time, he does, you know, a few things very well. He's one of the best defensive forwards. He yeah. wins the ball like nobody else. He's really fast, so he can get him behind. Just his finishing is his biggest weakness yeah. as a striker. Well, but if he starts to score, hey, anything happen. And on top of it, House Verona, they don't have to really rely on him. Set pieces, you got Barak, who can yeah. score from a header. You have Faraoni. Uh, Faraoni, Zakani, who can pull strings, make you know, create something out of nothing, who I think is still linked to Milan. Yeah. And they'd love to have him. Uh, did you already pick who you thought? How's Verona's going to win this game? How's Verona's going to win this game? I'm going to lead towards a draw. I think okay. Milan dropped more points. Okay. So Juliano's trying to take the draw. I'm trying to take Hellas Verona. Now, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Sampdoria hosting a red hot Cagliari. Yeah, big game for Cagliari. Yeah. Uh, undefeated. Undefeated. Does he continue it? Two wins off the bat. Coming up against Sampdoria, a team that's been mediocre. Yeah, Sampdoria hasn't really impressed. Haven't won. They've won one game in their last four. They tie lots. I mean, they lost to Lazio. They lost to Atalanta. And, you know, not easy games. And then they tied Genoa. The last game they won was against uh, Fiorentina, 2 1. Yeah. And then they haven't. It's been a while. That was their last win in a long time. So this is going to be interesting. Toro Grosso. Grossa, sorry. Toro, Toro, Torre Grossa. Yes. The new signings out still. Yeah. Half injury. Cadeli. Uh, Sotil, one of their more attacking, more electric wingers, is out with thigh problems. Marco Rog still out with his cruciate ligament injury. So both teams relatively healthy. I think Semplici, Sampdoria, I think they cancel each other out. Both are going to play it safe. Frenieri has shown he just wants to finish mid-table. He's not showing ambition to go win these games. Uh, Caledi, this manager, is just locking down defense. If we snatch a goal, great. If we don't, whatever. A draw is huge for us. So... I think this game ends in a in a tie, I believe. Okay. I think Kyle is going to continue their run. They want to pile up. They want to shore up, if they can, uh, not getting relegated into City of B. Yeah. So I think, for that reason, Kyle is going to win this game. Juliano's trying to take the draw. I'm trying to take Kyle to win. Now, final game on Sunday is Napoli hosting Bologna. The big question is what Napoli is going to show up. And what Bologna is going to show up to. Yeah, seriously. Napoli, two games undefeated. Spin it positively for them. Uh, they seem to win every other game. So I'm going to lead towards a win. They can't string two wins together. I'll lean uh, towards a win for them also because Bologna have a lot of players out through injury. One of their biggest misses is uh, Tomiyasu. Aaron Hickey as well is a huge miss for them. Two big defenders. Uh, on the other hand, Napoli are missing Oziman and Patania. But they got Dries Martins back. So yeah. I'll lead towards Napoli. They're playing a little bit better. Like we said, leadership always comes into question. Um, but I think Atuzo pulls this one over. Sinza Mihailovic. I agree. Napoli to win. Now, Monday. They finally put a juicy game on the Monday nighter. Monday, 245. Inter hosting Atalanta. Yes. Inter Atalanta, Inter they get Inter get in this fixture because they play today. Uh, Inter's been on an absolute tear. Uh, Atalanta, their last time they dropped points was match day twenty one against Torino. They tied three three, and before that they uh, 
lost to Lazio 3-1. Now, these are two teams that excel at facing teams at the top. Inter did win the last two meet the, did win the last meeting between the two. Um, Inter healthy, only player missing of note is Stefano Senzi. Atalanta are going to be without Duvan Zapata, Sam Lammers, uh, and Hans Hattabor are the major misses. I think Inter. I am going to give Inter the edge. They are only playing one game now a week. Only have to worry about City. I think Conte's been doing his homework already for this match even though he has Parma today. I think he's had one eye on this fixture. And uh, he knows how to beat this this Atalanta press. Lukaku's the key to it, obviously. And I think Inter uh, come out of this with uh, like a 2-1 two, two, one win. This game's going to be lights out. It is. It's a two, one, two of the most scoring teams in Europe. You know, Both of them score a bucket load of goals. Yeah. They but do. don't expect a lot of goals this game. <laughs> this, yeah, this game is going to be a tough one. And yeah, Atalanta trying to secure Champions League status for next year for a third consecutive season. Um, luckily, this game comes the week before they got to play Madrid for them, so they don't have to really worry about that. Inter trying to keep their scudetto, or trying to basically build their lead um, especially if AC Milan drops points against Hellas Verona Inter is possessed with the Scudetto that's all they have so for that reason I think Inter is going to squeak a win against Atalanta yeah and you look at you look at their head-to-head rating too Gasparini and Antonio Conte they've, they've met seven times so this is arguably the two of the better coaches in Serie yep. in Italian football period right now they've met seven times Conte has won four of those matches, drawn two, and lost only once to Gasparini. Um, and this is not a Gasparini who has been with the Port Atalanta. You know, he's he's had a good yeah. Atalanta. He was coaching Inter at the time as well when, yeah. they, when they played each other. So it's not like he had, he's had poor teams. And Conte has had the answer to his tactics every single time. And uh, I think it continues. I think Conte is a better coach than Gasparini. Yeah. I do. All right. So we're both trying to take Inter. That sums up match day 26. Enjoy. This is one of the best match days Yeah. this year. A lot it of will implications. Be. It will be. A lot of implications. So that sums up match day 26. We hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back next Thursday to recap match day 26, talk about match day 27, and recap the first four games of the second leg in the round of 16 for the Champions League and talk about the first legs of the Europa League as well that will have happened so there's going to be a lot to talk about next podcast so stay tuned enjoy the week enjoy the games and ciao ragazzi ciao ragazzi